I've also gotten responses where it's just like straight up no. Like I got an email where we, I wrote like a full pitch and uh, I spoke about all of the deliverables that we can provide for them. And the hotel just came back with one word, no. <laughs> Welcome to the Full-Time Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Lee, and I'll be sharing industry knowledge and social media tips through weekly interviews with established creators and Q&A sessions. Our goal is to help you decode social media, become a full-time influencer, and do what you love for a living. Let's dive in. Hi, creators. Welcome back to the Full-Time Influencer Podcast. Today, we're going to talk all about travel, specifically about how influencers are able to travel the world for free or even get paid on top of a free trip. Now, when I say the word free, let's be real. It's never really like free free where you don't have to do any work and you just get a free trip. However, it is often the case that influencers pay very little parts of their trip because they're able to garner a lot of partnerships or sometimes even get paid on top of that. We're going to cover the different ways that influencers can do that, how you can get started as a travel influencer, how many followers you need to get started, and so on. So recently, my husband and I went on a 25 or 6 day trip to Italy and we got a lot of questions about how much money we spent on the trip. So when I disclosed in my stories that the total expenditure actually came close to zero, people were very shocked and they also wanted to know a lot about how we were able to travel for free. In fact, since I've become a travel influencer, I've been able to experience some amazing travel experiences that I'm honestly so, so grateful for. Some of the most memorable ones include staying at Andas Tokyo at their Sky Suite. It is this gorgeous suite, one bedroom suite with sweeping views of the city and directly facing uh, the Tokyo Tower. I just remember sitting there in disbelief like I can't believe I get to stay here and enjoy this entire suite to myself. It actually costs probably over $7,000 a night to stay there if I were to pay for it, which I probably wouldn't do ever. I mean, I wouldn't say never, but um, that's just completely outside of my budget range. But as an influencer, I'm able to experience that. And another amazing experience was working with Qatar Airway, flying their business class in Q-Suite and staying in both in Qatar and going to Maldives and staying at the Four Seasons. Visiting Maldives has always been a dream of mine, so being able to do so with Qatar Airway and also with such esteemed brands like Four Seasons was really a dream come true. Also, more recently in Italy, there were some very, very memorable stays as well, like at the Royal Suite at Hotel Bauer. If you go ahead to my Instagram, you'll see some reels and photos from there. It's one of the most gorgeous and decadent looking suites I've ever, ever stayed in. And also Foresties, it's another hotel that we stayed at on our recent Italy trip. It's in the Dolomites and their suite is so stunning. Like waking up to the amazing mountain views and birds chirping is truly an unforgettable experience. 
It's kind of crazy to think that I was able to experience this all for free, but the thing is, influencers are a very, very powerful marketing source for destinations, airlines, and hotels so that they can get more eyeballs to their business. Imagine it this way. One episode of a successful TV show like The Bachelorette recently in July 2021 got 3.8 million views for one episode. Imagine how many ad dollars are being poured into that show. My page alone has gotten over 100 million views just on my reels so far, with many of them getting over 3.8 million views. Of course, this is not a parallel comparison because reels are a much, much shorter form of video content. It's much shorter in length, but I just want to point out these numbers to illustrate just how much reach influencers have nowadays with their content and with the potential viral reach on TikTok and with Instagram reels. It really shouldn't be underestimated when you compare it with traditional media. And what I've just mentioned is only considering the reach that an influencer has. You also need to take into consideration the fact that influencers have a super engaged and targeted audience who are specifically interested in the topic that the influencer talks about. If you think about traditional TV or traditional media, one of the issues is that a lot of these ads are not targeted. You're not exactly reaching a very targeted audience. Everybody can be watching the news. You can't differentiate between them being female or male or being around a certain age range or interested in certain topics. However, when it comes to influencers, because that is what they talk about all the time and you can see the demographics, you can see the numbers, it really means that you are reaching a specific audience and saving a lot of money on impressions that would have otherwise just reached people who didn't care about the ad at all. Also, influencers act as models, photographers, producers, creative directors, editors, and the distribution of all of this content. You know, if a hotel wanted to get content for their social media, normally they would have to hire models, photographers, and maybe even stylists or a creative director to make that happen. Maybe even a lighting assistant. But with an influencer, you can basically get very organic feeling content and mostly high quality content, depending on who you collaborate with, that you can just organically reshare and repost to your social media. In addition to that, the fact that influencers are regular people sharing content in the most authentic and genuine way makes their content even more relatable and trustworthy and therefore drives more conversion. Just think about it. When you're making a purchasing decision, would you rather listen to a celebrity endorsing a product? You know, they're being paid millions of dollars to endorse a product, but they don't have much connection to that product itself. Or would you trust an influencer that you've followed for years that you trust that shares almost every aspect of their life with you and is an expert in a certain area or frequently talks about a, a certain topic? 
I know for myself, I definitely seek out the advice of influencers around me. If I'm looking for new products and I'm not particularly knowledgeable in the area, maybe it's about skincare, maybe it's about makeup, or maybe it's about a certain travel destination that I haven't been to, I always message the influencers that I feel are trustworthy and ask them for their advice and their opinion. And I just trust them wholeheartedly. This is another thing that is unique about influencers and people on social media. You have access to these people. You can DM them, get their opinion on a certain destination that you want to travel to, or you can get advice on how to travel to a certain destination, how much it might cost, how to rent a car, how to drive, and any other potential problems you might encounter. You could get their opinion. If this is an influencer that does care about their audience, they would regularly interact, respond, and do question and answers to help out their audience, that's for sure. They are basically like a friend that you watch every day and when you see something that they use or somewhere they go or a picture they take that you like, it makes you want to get that item, go to that place or, or take that same photos. Basically, you're influenced. In particular, travel influencers create content that bring a sense of wanderlust, encouraging you to discover the various beauties of the world. And for myself, that's honestly one of the main ways that I decide where I want to travel to and where I want to stay nowadays. I hardly even go on Google to look for hotels. In fact, I go to travel feature pages on Instagram or I go to influencers that I like that I know have traveled to that place or I go to my saved folders and look at all of the different people who have stayed at places that I'm interested in. That's actually how I get my information nowadays, not necessarily through booking.com or Google or anywhere else. Of course, the real influencers will show you not just the wanderlust moments, but also the behind the scenes and realities of the location, how it really looks like versus, let's say, some slight Photoshop changes or editing changes. So that's definitely up to the influencer themselves to portray the real life moment as well as capture it in photos and make it look beautiful. So basically, an influencer is someone who can not only drive eyeballs to a destination or to certain travel brands, bring conversion from a dedicated and targeted audience, but also provide content that brands and tourism boards can then repurpose on their social media channels. You know, if they have budget, they could even repurpose that to a website or put a paid ad budget behind the content and reach even more people with paid ads. Now let's consider it from the brand's perspective. Every year, each tourist destination, airline or hotel has a marketing budget. They can choose to spend it on traditional marketing like magazines, TV ad placement, or newer digital marketing like Facebook ads, Google ads, or influencer marketing. Then it makes a lot of sense for these tourism boards, hotels, and airlines to pay influencers to help advertise their destination or services. We basically are another marketing channel, but one that is actually very affordable and very, very effective. 
I'll give you my recent Italy trip as an example. I had planned the trip and we were ready to go when I was reached out by the Italy Tourism Board about a campaign that they had going on. And I was very interested in this campaign, but I also wanted to pitch them additional deliverables from our trip because I know that we're going to get lots and lots of Instagrammable, beautiful photos. So in the end, we negotiated a paid partnership that involves multiple stories, multiple posts, and reels. This was a pretty significant paid brand deal for me, but in particular, I just thought this was such an organic fit because Italy is one of my favorite, favorite places, and I know I'll be able to paint it in the best light possible. In the end, from the deliverables that I created for this particular trip, the reel alone got 3 million views, and the stories and posts got hundreds of thousands of impressions on top of that. So I would say it probably amounted to like 4 million impressions total. If you think about it from a CPM and content creation perspective, this is actually insanely cheap. Although, of course, a reel going viral is not guaranteed, but this was a particularly successful example that I wanted to point out where it could be very, very, very advantageous for destinations or brands or, or airlines to work with influencers. Let me just read you some numbers to give you perspective on how expensive it can be for traditional advertising costs. In 2021, by the way, this, these are updated numbers, the average CPM for putting an ad in a magazine is $140 to $1,300. I mean, that's a very big range, but $140 CPM is very, very high. By the way, CPM is cost per thousand impressions, and these do not include any type of content creation and so on. This is just the advertising cost. For newspaper, the average CPM is $10 to $45, and for network TV, it's $20 to $30. Even for something like Super Bowl, it is $36 per thousand impressions. And so you can easily come to the conclusion that online advertising is not expensive at all. And when you are able to hire the right influencer who can bring you impressions and a targeted audience and conversion, then it could be an amazing, amazing use of your marketing budget. I also got hundreds of DMs from people asking me about the trip, saying they were influenced to go to Italy and that they really enjoyed following along. It's just such a great way to really reach people in a very personal manner and targeted manner. Now, if you're a little bit more new to travel influencing, you might not fully understand the the different types of partnerships that are possible in the travel industry. So I'll just cover a, a few different types. First, there's um, the type of trip where you are fully comped. So all of the activities, all of the expenditure is paid for and you get uh, paid on top of that. This usually happens with, say, tourism boards who want to do a fam trip and a fam trip represents a familiarization trip. It's usually in a group. Traditionally, they would bring, let's say, travel writers or uh, magazine writers, magazine editors on these trips, so traditional journalists. And nowadays, there are fam trips that are specifically only influencers. I have been on fam trips where it was influencer and traditional journalists, like a mix, which is very interesting. 
Um, and that, that was a very, very good, well-coordinated trip. So I would say that was a huge success. Although um, usually they are separate. So traditional media go on their fam trips and influencers go on their fam trips. So like I mentioned, these can be hosted by tourism boards. However, it's also possible that any kind of travel brand, travel company, airline can host trips like this as well. There's also brands that aren't in the travel niche that do fully comped and paid trips, usually for a specific product launch or event. And they are sending influencers to or journalists to a certain location. And this really helps to bring awareness and coverage for a brand, even if they're not in the travel niche, because often people love looking at stories when influencers are traveling. Often the engagement is higher, or maybe it's a company that is based in a certain country. For example, recently, Luisa Via Roma sent a bunch of influencers to Italy because that is where the company is from and is based to uh, cover a lot of their products and bring brand awareness. Now, not all destinations and brands and airlines and whatnot have marketing budget for a fully comped trip and a payment on top. So then they would initiate just a fully comped trip where they cover the expenses for influencers to go together to a certain destination, or sometimes you can go alone or you can bring a plus one. It just depends on the terms and depends on the campaign itself. And these are also great trips for influencers who are looking to create more content, or maybe you're more of a micro influencer and you're looking to develop your portfolio and just work with more tourism boards and get that onto your media kit or get a case study out there, then these are great opportunities as well, even though there is no payment on top. And then lastly, hotel collaborations are usually the ones where it's an influencer reaching out to the hotel and they are already traveling to a destination. So they're looking to get a free stay in exchange for some social media coverage. These collaborations can really vary depending on the hotel. And usually from my experience and from uh, just knowing the industry norm, usually it is not paid. Of course, of course, there are exceptions. I have gone on campaigns that were paid trips for hotels, but for the most part, for my hotel collaborations, usually I do not ask for budget on top of the free stay because sometimes it is hard enough to get a free stay depending on where you are going and depending on your reach and the quality of your content. And honestly, if you think about it, there are so many influencers who are already traveling to certain destinations anyway, and they want to create content and they would happily save the cost of a flight or a hotel stay. This is a case most of the time. And so that's why a lot of hotels honestly don't need to have budget for influencer collaborations. Under some situations, hotels and airlines may have budget. Those circumstances definitely vary, but from what I've seen, it's usually when they have either a grand opening and they need to spread awareness and therefore they have allocated budget, or they have a big event. For example, it's like a hundred year anniversary or they did a um, refurbishment. They basically renovated the whole place and then reopened it or maybe they opened a new restaurant and they need to spread awareness and they have marketing budget for that. That's when these paid uh, hotel stays can happen. Now, the last type of travel collaboration is where you are partially comped for your trip or for a stay. For example, if it's 
super busy season for hotels, or they have already allocated all of their free stays to other influencers for that season or for that month, then they can give you what's called a media rate. Usually, that media rate varies、uh, between 20 to 50% off, and you still get to go and stay, but at a discounted rate. I usually don't do media rates unless I am determined to go to that place and there's just specific content that I know I need to create at that place. Otherwise, I don't do it because for me at this point in my career, I would prefer to prioritize not having to work as much than like saving, let's say, a hundred or two hundred bucks from a state where it's just 30% off. It just wouldn't make any sense for me. And I would much rather just spend the money anyway and then travel however I want or go see other sites and not have to take photos for a hotel. At this point, also, I am very, very particular about the hotels that I collaborate with. So, when I first started out, because I didn't have a lot of budget to, to be able to travel, and also I wasn't really getting as many paid gigs, so I would have to spend most of the money myself and cover the cost myself. So, any comped stay that I could get was a win, right? So, I would reach out to a lot of different hotels. If I thought that I could even remotely shoot in that location, I would reach out to them because it just would save me so much of the cost. But nowadays, I don't do that anymore. I only reach out to hotels where I know for sure that I am 100% comfortable and happy to post content from that hotel. And that's how I choose the hotels to work with. Are you an aspiring creator who wants to get paid to be yourself and do what you love? Well, I have a free training that will help you achieve exactly that. This training will cover the four steps to landing paid brand deals, even if you don't have a ton of followers, so you can start growing and monetizing your social media following. Save your spot today at successfulinfluencer.comslash training or head to the link in the description. To give you a sense of how many hotels I reach out to, nowadays for one city, I probably reach out to three hotels or less. Unless that place really has so many stunning, stunning hotels that I am dying to work with, then I'll probably reach out to like up to five,、um, but not really as much. And there are also some cities where there's just no hotels that I really want to shoot at, so I just find a conveniently located hotel and pay for the stay myself. It really varies depending on the destination. But back in the day when I was first starting out and first trying to get hotel collaborations, I would probably reach out to over 30 hotels. And a lot of the times I would get just no response or just a straight up like, no, sorry.、Um, either we're busy or we're not doing influencer、uh, campaigns or you know, any kind of reason, really. I've even gotten a response before from a Paris hotel that simply just said, No, you don't have enough reach, and we're getting a lot of requests, so we cannot host you. I still remember it because <laughs> I ended up paying for that hotel, and then I created some posts from there. And later on, they actually DM'd me trying to ask me for the high resolution image that I took at their hotel after they had rejected my request for a collaboration. I ignored it. I did not send it. Obviously, I, I didn't respond rudely or anything. I just didn't respond at all. And later on, they changed their PR team anyhow, but that was definitely a unique experience. I've also gotten responses where it's just like straight up no. 
Like I got an email where we, I wrote like a full pitch and、uh, I spoke about all of the deliverables that we can provide for them. And the hotel just came back with one word, no. <laughs> Honestly, it was kind of really funny.、Um, but I also reached out to like 30 other different hotels, so it wasn't a big deal. I know that in the beginning, when you're reaching out and when you're trying to secure collaborations, it feels very personal when you get rejected. But you do have to remember that a lot of the times it is a numbers game, and maybe you're not reaching the right person, the right contact, or even just the right hotel. And the marketing strategies of hotels vary a lot based on their country, their mindset, or just the, the management itself of the hotel. Some hotels simply never comp influencers. It doesn't matter if you have three million followers; they will never comp influencers. So I used to kind of take it personally. I used to be a little sad when I got a lot of rejections, but now I really just understand that this is their prerogative. You know, this is their marketing goals, and they are not prioritizing influencer marketing, and that's totally fine. So the next question that I get asked a lot is, how many followers do I need to start reaching out to hotels or tourism boards, etc.? This really varies. I'm sorry, but I cannot just give you an answer like, if you have over five thousand followers, then you're okay to reach out. That simply isn't true. Like, if I could, if it was, I would say it, but it's just not true. It really depends on what you're able to offer, either the tourism board or the travel company or the airline or the hotel. Do you have a super super targeted audience who follow you specifically for, let's say,、um, luxury hotels, or are you amazing at creating high quality content that they can repurpose on their social media channels? Or maybe you have a drone license and these hotels need more drone footages for their use. These are unique deliverables that you can provide for them to then negotiate a, a comped or paid stay. I want to use an example of a, a friend of mine. His name is Alex Shannon, and his account is called Follow the Nap. When I first met him, I think he had under ten thousand followers. But I just really loved his concept of. Napping in luxury hotels around the world, and he had this、uh, sort of sarcastic tone and witty and funny, and he would basically just post pictures of himself sleeping in all kinds of different beds and hotels. And I love the concept so much, and I know that he's been able to work with some of the most prestigious brands when he didn't have a lot of followers,、um, brands that I wasn't even able to work with myself because he has this very, very dedicated niche and very specific brand image that was just the perfect match for certain hotels. Another example is one of our own、uh, FTI students, Nikisa. She has a drone license, and so she is able to use this to her advantage and pitch multiple campaigns. And she's worked with tourism boards and hotels、uh, at around two thousand followers, which is really, really amazing. So honestly, I wouldn't say it's like about the follower count. It's really more about the audience fit, the brand fit, and also what other unique deliverables you can provide for the hotel or brand that you want to work with. 
So then you might be wondering, how do I reach out to these hotels or to these tourism boards? This is an entire topic that we cover inside the full-time influencer program, and I honestly couldn't even tell you the whole process in just like one podcast episode or even like three podcast episodes. But let me give you an idea and an overview of how to get started. The first thing you want to do is create a media kit. A media kit is like your digital portfolio or like an online resume. You want to put all of the information that brands care about into either a PDF or a website. Usually, it starts with a brief introduction about yourself and your brand, and what type of messaging you deliver to your audience. And then it's followed by the numbers, like your follower count, your engagement rate, your demographics, how many percent are women, how many percent are based in whatever country, and so on and so forth. And then at the end, you may also include a case study or other works that you've done before, or other collaborations that you have done before. So a compelling media kit is actually really important because this is the first impression. This is one of the first things that the brand gets to see, and they're going to be able to make a quick snap judgment on whether they like you or not, whether they like your brand, your images, and if they want to potentially work with you. Next, in your email pitch, you want to make sure you convey. Very clearly, what it is that you are reaching out to them for. So you introduce yourself. You talk a little bit about your brand, but you also want to make sure that you speak directly to the customer that you are pitching. For example, what are their marketing objectives? Include that in your email. What kind of images do they tend to repost on their social media page? Put that in your email. Make sure you cater your email pitch to the specific tourism board or company or airline or hotel that you are pitching to, and also mention something specific about the place. For example, if I'm pitching to a hotel, I usually like to look at all of their room types, and I pick the room type that I think is most Instagrammable, or that I would like to stay at the most, or I think would produce the most content. And I mention it in my email and say, "Oh, in particular, I absolutely love the stunning views of this iconic landmark from the blah 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 suite." And it really shows that you've done your research, that you have tailored this pitch to the hotel, so that they know you are taking this seriously. The worst thing that you can do is really not customize your email pitch to companies and brands and hotels, etc. That being said, there's definitely a template and outline that you can follow that works. We have a bunch of email templates within the full-time influencer program, and Nakisa says she basically uses a lot of these templates, but she customizes it for herself, for her own voice, for the various、um, companies that she is pitching to, and it has worked perfectly for her. I myself have a formula that I like to use, and I customize it for the hotel that I have researched, the for the brand that I have researched, so that I can really speak to them directly. Once you have your media kit and your email pitch, then you want to go and search for the press contact. This usually traditionally would be like a public relations contact from the hotel, or it could be a PR company that represents the hotel to email your pitch to. 
This is a whole nother topic that uh, would take a long time to just cover because there is a lot to finding the right contact and who to reach out to, uh, where to find the email and so on and so forth. But basically you want to find the correct personnel, whether that's a, a PR company contact or it's direct in-house PR person or marketing person, or nowadays there's more and more uh, roles specifically for social media managers or even influencer managers. That's a, a bit more rare, but um, you can definitely search for those specific people and reach out to them directly. The more that you can reach the specific person responsible for influencer campaigns, the more likely you are to land that partnership. If you don't hear from these people at first, don't forget to follow up. Following up is key to being able to reach the right people and to get a response because it shows that you care. Sometimes these people are really busy and they get a lot of inbound requests. So you really have to keep that in mind when they don't respond and make sure you follow up in a timely manner. Once you have reached the right person and they write back and they're like, yes, we're interested. Let's talk a little bit more, like what deliverables can you offer us? And from there, you would basically tell them what you're capable of creating for them, what the scope of the project would look like, um, depending on what they can offer as well. Like are they offering you a free stay? Then maybe you can offer one social media post per night. Or if you don't have enough reach just yet, maybe you want to offer two posts per night and multiple stories. And then you can save those stories to your story highlights. How can you make your offer more enticing to these brands so that they would be more likely to say yes? This is most important to consider in the beginning when you are still building your portfolio and your media kit. One thing I do want to advise though is that if you are working with whether it's hotels or brands and whatnot, please remember not to give away full perpetual rights to your content. This is definitely something that I have made the mistake of doing in the beginning. I just thought that I could easily give brands and hotels my content and they can use it however I want. What does it matter anyway? Because I already took the photo. I already edited it and I already put it on my social media. Why can't I just give it to them if they ask? Actually, this is something that you could be charging a lot of money for. And also in perpetuity is a long time that is forever. And if you give them full rights to your images, they could be using it anywhere they want. They could put it on a billboard. They could put it on their website. They could put it on a Facebook ad and put a million dollars into this Facebook ad. You know, it's just the possibilities are endless and you really don't want to put yourself in the situation where let's say three years later, you're a very well-known influencer or you're a, a well-known expert in your area. And this one photo that you took three years ago that no longer represents your brand is still being used because you gave away perpetual rights and full rights to your images. So just a word of caution, make sure you don't give away full rights to your content, even if you're getting like a pretty sweet deal, like you get a free stay and free meal and whatnot. Unless brands are willing to pay for that, please don't give it away forever. If this all sounds a little bit overwhelming to you, don't worry. We all start somewhere. If you're thinking, how can I get started uh, if I don't have a lot of budget or I can't travel the world every other week, what do I do? How do I start? Well, I would suggest that you start locally first. 
Start with your neighborhood. What is worth discovering in your neighborhood? Where can you maybe go to locally、um, that's near your neighborhood that has Instagram-worthy sites? And start from there and start offering valuable tips and advice. Maybe you can do like a day trip guide, or maybe you can、um, do like travel tips and so on from your area first. If you want to learn more about how you can actually grow your following, so that when you do reach out to these travel companies, you'd be more likely to get a yes in return, then you really have to check out the free training that I've already mentioned in my mid-roll ad at successfulinfluencer.com. Because in just 90 minutes, I will cover as much as I can in terms of how to grow your following, especially how to go viral with reels, how the algorithm works, and what type of content will get you maximum growth. While it is definitely true that you can have a smaller following and still be able to work with travel companies, hotels, and more, it is very, very advantageous for you to start growing your following. If you can focus your energy on growing your following first, and then once you have that following, you start pitching to various companies and build your portfolio. That really does help when you are able to then take that case study and then pitch to even bigger brands or even better destinations, or even get a paid brand deal or paid sponsored trip. That's how you can really accelerate your career by growing your following, by building a really engaged audience that is excited to hear what you have to say. Also, you want to keep in mind that different destinations may make it easier or harder to pitch to these hotels. For example, if you're trying to go to Paris, it's probably very competitive because a lot of people are traveling to Paris, and it's probably harder to get the collaborations that you want. It also depends on the brand. You know, when you're just starting out, pitching to Four Seasons in Paris is probably most likely a no. But if you are starting with, let's say, a different hotel, a more approachable, affordable hotel in your local area, then it's more likely a yes. But it doesn't hurt to start from there to build your portfolio and then work towards different cities, different countries, and different brands. Another factor that affects whether or not you'll be able to get a collaboration is also just the season. When it's Christmas, you're probably unlikely to get a collaboration unless you reach out like half a year before and you have some kind of relationship with the hotel. Or Chinese New Year is impossible if you're traveling around Asia. Or summer in Europe is also probably really difficult because it is peak season. You'll probably be getting like a media raid, or maybe they're just fully booked, and it's really really difficult. And you know, it also depends on how many hotel rooms that hotel has. Some boutique hotels only have twelve or twenty rooms, so it's understandable that they probably don't really have、uh, room and space for a lot of influencer marketing campaigns. And also from my experience with some bigger corporations and hotels, they simply have like an allocated number of days or number of nights or influencers that they work with. Once that number has been filled up, it doesn't matter who you are; they simply will not be working with you on a comped basis because that is just their policy and because it's more of a corporation. And so these are rules that these PR personnel do have to abide by. A lot of these things you will learn over time by just being in this industry and reaching out to hotels and being in touch with other travel influencers. 
I hope this was an insightful overview for those of you who are interested in becoming a travel influencer. I really encourage you to start building your travel brand. Being a travel influencer doesn't just mean you get to go places for free or get paid by a travel brand. It also means your reach allows you exclusive access to certain events or opportunities that you otherwise couldn't have even paid to access. One crazy example recently is my friend Ilona being able to push the button to launch the July 4th fireworks happening at Empire State Building from its observatory. Like they were actually able to see and watch the fireworks from within the observatory. It's just such a crazy, amazing experience. But if she didn't have influence and social currency, she probably never would have been offered this opportunity. All right, good luck and start creating. Thanks again for tuning in to the Full-Time Influencer Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone who could benefit from it. And I'll see you in the next one.